You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with a good buddy, Tristan Madden. Uh, he was uh, in the past. Uh, he was doing the E2C podcast before they became the E2C network. Uh, and uh, now I'm very happy to say that uh, in the absence of Ben King this week, uh, as he's uh, unavailable, uh, we are going to uh, have Tristan on as a guest. Uh, Tristan, how you doing, buddy? AJ, man, I am doing great. And I tell you, it is uh, very refreshing to be able to share a little bit here on the uh, No Huddle podcast with E2C Network. It has been a long time, man. Uh, I think this is my first podcast with you guys in a few years, and uh, I'm pumped. Yeah. Uh, just so the listeners know, okay, so you you were an Auburn student. You uh, What years did you go to college um, at Auburn? Um, and then give a little bit of update on where you're at now so they can uh, know uh, where that is. Yeah, so I was a student at Auburn from uh, 2011 to 2014. Graduated a little early, um, sadly, uh, but I did stay at Auburn <laughs> for an extra year, uh, working and spending time getting to know people and, of course, going to football games and basketball games and baseball games and gymnastics meets and every single other sport that the uh, E2C network covers. But, man, I, I got to witness history in the 2013 season. Uh, I got to tear a good pair of pants on the hedges, jumping over the fence. Uh, <laughs> I think I, uh, I think we all didn't. Uh, we all came away with something uh, that was uh, something either we had, you know, twisted an ankle or you know our uh, article of clothing was torn. I mean, it it was just bound to happen. <laughs> it was bound to happen. Well, uh, it was a a good game, a good season for it to happen with. Uh, but yeah, man, I've, I've been around Auburn my my whole life. Uh, as a fan, as a student, uh, now as a alumnus, uh, even though I live in Texas, I'm about 850 miles away from the great city of Auburn. Uh, miss it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully can get back sometime soon for a game. Yeah. Um, and then you just recently got married too. So congratulations. I mean, about a year and a half ago, but since we last talked to you, you've gotten married. So congrats on that. What did you think of this Kent state game? Uh, and, Overall, what did you think of where Auburn's at, um, especially now living in Texas? Um, you're a little bit removed from uh, what I consider like the Auburn culture where everybody just talks about it 24-7. Uh, what do you think our program's at and where we're at uh, with this game? Uh, well, i I tell you what, AJ. Um, I'll go into specifics throughout the podcast, but overall, I saw a lot. I saw Auburn do a lot of what I needed to see them do for me to have a little confidence going into the rest of the season. Now, I know we beat Oregon. Um, I know we did end up beating Tulane. I, I, I think we can all agree that neither of those were very pretty. Yeah. Um, and so I, there were several things that I went into this game uh, with Kent State looking for, um, hoping for, praying for. Um, I believe that I fasted a little while, hoping that Auburn would come through for me. Um, <laughs> thank God for that. Uh, yeah. I, I saw a lot of the things that I needed to see. You know, overall, I, I would say uh, this was the most enjoyable game of the season. Now, I know it was against Kent State. Uh, say what you will. Uh, mm-hmm. We have seen Tennessee lose 
to lesser opponents this season. So we're not going to overlook anybody. Uh, but I, I saw Auburn perform at a level that I've been expecting to perform at, and that was very nice. Yeah, that that was very refreshing. I mean, when you're putting up over 600 yards of offense and 467 of those come on the ground, typically a good sign for a team uh, that they're, you know, performing at a very good level uh, at what Las Vegas is thinking that you're doing. Tristan, let's talk about the offense. Um, let's get into a little bit more specifics. Um, you, you've got to see now Bo Nix, and we got to see significant time with Joey Gatewood. Um, what do you think of the two, two quarterbacks, um, Bo Nix being our starter and then Joey coming in uh, and getting some decent time uh, in the third and fourth quarters and even a little bit earlier in the game for a few plays? Yeah, man, it was uh, it was refreshing. You know, we, we've got a quarterback um, that he was one of the top dual threat guys coming out of college. Um, but he is, I think, you know, we've all seen that he's focused primarily on passing the ball in the first two games. And to see him come out and, you know, show just enough of his legs to keep defenses honest, I think was huge for us. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if now is the time to jump into statistics uh, for any of our long-time listeners here. Uh, I'm the stats guy. I love data. And uh, I, I was interested, and I, I wanted to go back and, and look at this, um, because typically speaking, uh, Auburn has been – successful Auburn teams have been very run-heavy. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. Um, in the past two games, you know, Bo Nix has, has attempted 30 or more passes. Now I know we were playing from behind against Oregon. You know, uh, there's all these things. But we, can, we attempted over 30 passes against Tulane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, going back, you know, historically speaking, if we look at some of the best offensive teams – uh, for the past 10 years for Auburn, you know, obviously 2012 uh, or two, not 2012. I don't even know if we played football that season. <laughs> I don't think we did. <laughs> uh, 2000, 2010, uh, 2013, uh, strangely enough, 2016 Auburn. That's when we beat both uh, Alabama and Georgia. Um, those games that we won handedly, those games against big opponents, were games where we typically threw around 20 passes. Uh, and you know, I think there's a lot of things that play into this. You know, we can talk about offensive line play this year. We can talk about uh, so many different things. But this was yeah. the first time this season where we attempted less than 30 passes, less than 20 passes, you know. And I think we saw a big burst in the run game. And obviously, you know, asking about Joey Gatewood, he was a huge part of that as well. One of our three running – or one of our three team members who had over 100 yards rushing – uh, and I know I'm not the first to make this comparison. I know I'm not going to be the last. Um, but I do have to admit, and I know Bo Nix is a big kid, but there's something about having a six foot five, two hundred and thirty plus pound quarterback out there. You know, just takes me back a little bit to 2010. Yeah. You know, some of the moves he made. I know that even around the goal line, uh, I saw I can't remember who it was on Twitter it had put a side by side together of Cam Newton. Uh, on the goal line and Joey Gatewood on the goal line running the same play with the same outcome, a touchdown, uh, you know, and it was honestly kind of nice to watch. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been a refresh, uh, refreshing for a lot of Auburn fans that when we're trying to think back on a lot of the good quarterbacks that we've had, you think of, they're able to run the ball pretty well. Not to say, I mean, obviously he saw it, but Ponex can run the ball, but the way Joey runs the ball, is very effective. I think in short down 
type situations or the red zone where you need just a bigger body. Um, and that's the kind of thing where I think that's where Joey's going to fit into uh, and us use him. Um, or do you think, do you think we're going to use Joey in a little bit different way going forward uh, with the way we use our quarterbacks? Uh, well, I know that, that, you know, in the past, as the, uh, the driver's seat on the Gus bus has gotten hot over the years, uh, I won't say hot, maybe a little warm. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of that slack that Gus Malzahn has gotten has been from, you know, the apparent lack of uh, imagination and play calls. Um, you know, anytime a quarterback other than our starting quarterback is under center or in our case in the shotgun, you know, we know it's going to be a quarterback run. Um, and I, I think with Joey Gatewood, you kind of get a little bit of a different feel. I know he hasn't attempted that many passes this year, uh, but we have seen him throw the ball. And we have seen him not afraid to throw the ball. And I think that, yeah, he did you know, so like, pretty effectively. I was just saying he, he did so pretty effectively, even the eight, eight game, like he was numbers wise about as good as Bo Nix. And so, and he's been working on it uh, in the off season, even more with the quarterbacks coach. Uh, so like, I think he does have the passing ability. Oh, no, no doubt. And I think similar to how if Bo Nix just runs the ball three or four times a game, just enough to keep the defenses honest. I think anytime that we have Joey Gatewood in, you know, throw a pass or two here or there, mm -hmm. just enough to keep the defenses honest. I think it really does uh, give us a big shout out because, you know, honestly, you know, I, I wasn't able to watch the 8A game. Um, you know, I've only seen Joey Gatewood in a limited capacity this season. But to me, um, as someone who, like you said, not in the Auburn culture, not in uh, the realm of as much Auburn bias as someone who still lives in the state would have, you know, I don't see very much drop-off or any drop-off between our number one and number two quarterbacks. Yeah, and that's pretty awesome to see uh, that if, by chance, you know, Bo goes down or something, I'm pretty sure Joey can pick it up uh, and pretty much finish out the game um, and get us through whatever uh, rest of the games that we have left that Bo may not be able to play. And that's that's pretty good. I mean, that that's, that's got to be a good feeling. Uh, for us heading forward. Uh, and it's very obvious that both Bo and Joey are very committed to uh, what's best for this team, uh, trying to help out this team in any way that they can. Joey even said that in the uh, the uh, press conference after the first game, you know, yeah. when, when he uh, went in on the goal line, uh, you know, he said, I'm, I'm here to do whatever Auburn needs me to do. And yeah. You know, Auburn's real big on having the Auburn man mentality, and, and nothing speaks higher that than, than that post-game interview for me. Yeah, I, and I think that's not just the I want to say these things, but it's coming out of what he's really thinking, what he f really is feeling. Uh, and you're saying Gus really does have, like he's saying, he's got some way of using Joey in every single game going forward. Uh, and I think that that'll benefit us. Not that we're running like a two quarterback system, like we're swapping in and out all the time, but in critical situations where he, he thinks for sure, like Joey can do this. Joey can get that extra yard or two. We'll throw him in there or, Hey, this is a really good passing situation. All right, let's throw Bo in there since that seems to be his strength. Um, and I think that's, that's a pretty, it seems to be a pretty effective way. Um, three games in of, it seems like that seems to be working pretty well. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned our run game, uh, 467 yards rushing, 
Uh, I felt like we really established that run game really, really early. Um, we had a ton of running backs uh, it, get touches on the ball. The only one that I noticed that we didn't get any touches was DJ Williams. Uh, but Gus was asked after uh, this game why he didn't get any rushes this game. And uh, he just said he was banged up. Um, so, but he's thinking he may be able to play next week. So good to see all of the different running backs that we have uh, get touches on the ball. Honestly, AJ, everyone that I saw play looked great this game. Um, and it, it was interesting because I feel like, you know, Booby is a, a he's a ground and pound guy. You know, he's going to run it up the gut. He's going to hit you and punish you if you try to tackle him. Uh, but what I was really impressed with this game, uh, honestly, was Cam Martin. You know, he wasn't one of the guys that broke 100 yards. Uh, he wasn't, you know, one of the guys that got a lot of shout outs. He did reel off two pretty big runs. Uh, you know, he had eight carries for 71 yards. Like, that's, that's nothing – or, sorry, seven carries for 71 yards. You know, we can't really shy away from that. But I was really impressed with uh, his patience. But more importantly than that, when he saw a hole, he hit it at full speed. Uh, you know, and, and Booby's wanted to kind of run up on his blockers and sit there for a second and then try to cut around and dive forward for a yard or two extra. But Cam mm-hmm. Martin was hitting the holes with authority. And, you know, he's a smaller guy. Uh, you know, not necessarily small compared to you and I, but, you know, sitting next to Booby Whitlow, he's, he's 20 pounds lighter. Uh, you know, yeah. different running style, more of a speed guy. Uh, but I really, you know, I, I know Sean Shivers had over 100. I know uh, Harold Joyner got in the mix a little bit. But I really enjoyed watching Cam Martin run this uh, this past weekend. Yeah, he was a fun one. And he came in uh, for his first uh, – that first uh, big carry that he got was uh, the touchdown run. Uh, and it was just, you know, Bowie had had some really good runs right before it, but I think he, he needed a little break. And uh, that's when we brought in Cam Martin. You saw the impact of having some fresh legs. Um, and – uh, Tristan, just so you know, uh, Ben is uh, – he wants Cam Martin to do well this season. He just hasn't seen it yet. Ben's kind of been rooting for Cam Martin. Uh, what's your read on our offensive line? Uh, because uh, from, from an Auburn fan perspective, this was probably one of the best games that – or definitely the best game that we've seen. Uh, they seem to get some really good push as far as when we were running the ball. Um, gave Bo a decent amount of – uh, protection. Uh, I think he was only sacked one or two times, um, which apparently Kent State, they averaged last year about three and a half sacks a game. So uh, you're looking at a pretty good team that uh, can get to a quarterback. Um, but what did you get? What was your read on the O-line? Uh, so our, our offensive line looked the best they have all year this game. Uh, and to me, honestly, the best they have in the past two years this game. Um, you know, we, we started fast for the first time this year. Uh, well, we marched right down the field, scored a touchdown. Um, I mean, we only had two punts this entire game, and I, I think that speaks a lot to, to how effectively our offense was running, and, and we know that starts in the trenches uh, with our offensive linemen. Um, but with that said, you know, we did still give up two sacks in the first half. Uh, there were still times where Kent State players were meeting our guys in the backfield. Um, you know, I, we, we didn't attempt that many passes. Um, but on several of the ones that we did attempt, we were pressured. Uh, Kent State was running more blitzes than Auburn was running, so I I do understand that. Um, yeah. It to me though, it it does still feel like a major liability. Uh, definitely a better offensive line. You know, they've had more time together this year uh, since last year. But I mean, when we get into SEC play and as these opponents 
you know, get bigger and bigger, literally and physically and metaphorically, yeah. you know, sure. how how long is our offensive line going to be able to stand in there? You know, how long are we going to be able to open up holes for Ruby Whitlow to hit? How long are we going to give uh, Bo Nix in the backfield time to throw? You know, it's, we know our team isn't looking ahead to Alabama, but as fans, of course, we're all looking ahead to Alabama. And are we going to be able to keep their defensive linemen out of our backfield? Um, you know, there's still several games before we get there. Uh, so we've got more time to, to mesh together, more time to grow together. Um, I definitely, you know, seeing the offensive line open up holes and allow our running backs to run for over 400 yards for only the second time in the past three seasons, uh, you know, seeing our offense churn out over 600 yards for the second time in the past, I don't even know how long. I think it's three or four years. Yeah, it was I nice. I needed, I needed to see that. I needed to see our offensive line allow our offense to move the ball. Um, and they let me see that, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, but I did still see, you know, some of the markers of a possible liability here or there. You know, uh, I'm, I'm about to be a poor Auburn fan here, so forgive me. But uh, Prince Tega Wanogo, I can't pronounce his last name, forgive me. Um, you know, he didn't play this game, or he didn't start this game. Uh, and yeah. he's – you know, one of the anchor points of our offensive line. So, I don't know. I, I just – I need to see more. You know, this upcoming game against Texas A&M, I think is going to tell us a lot about how our offensive line is going to play moving forward this year. Talk a little bit about the wide receivers, and then we'll move on into defense. So, uh, we actually got to see Anthony Schwartz a little bit. Uh, he popped in the game a few times, uh, ended up catching a ball uh, in the third quarter, I believe. Um, so kind of cool to see him. He's still got uh, a light cast on his arm, um, but uh, I think he's on the mend. It sounds like uh, maybe down the road, uh, like the next game or the game after, we'll probably be able to uh, get that cast off him and actually have him uh, back to 100% um, as one of our ladder receivers because his speed is always a big asset for us. And then uh, we still don't have Seth Williams. Uh, he's out, um, but he – Saw him on the sideline. He didn't have any brace or anything on his shoulder. Um, so, I don't know. It must just be something. Uh, well, obviously, you know, the, the loss of Seth Williams hurts us. And I did notice that that same uh, little camera shot. You you talked about Seth Williams on the sideline without a sling or anything. Um, you know, I was scared when he got injured last week that, you know, it was a broken collarbone. Uh, but, you know, with colleges not being required to report injuries, uh, it, all we're doing is speculating at this point. So maybe he had a shoulder separation. You know, I see him probably sitting out the A and M game and then coming back the week after that. But you know, who knows? Maybe maybe he'll be able to suit up and get in the game for us. But you know, having our our speed guys like Anthony Short, healthy and Eli Stowe ready to go, having Will Hastings, who uh, for those of you guys who have no idea what AJ looks like, it's just Will Hastings. Um, you know, having him be able to run around. Uh, sneak in behind the defensive backs. Uh, that's huge. And then having our big guys, South Canella and uh, and Seth Williams healthy. You know, I think offensively speaking, this is one of the healthiest and, and strongest wide receiving cores that Auburn's had in the past several seasons. Uh, and we have a quarterback yeah. who can and will throw it to them. Uh, one thing I really enjoy, and I know we talked about quarterback play a little bit earlier, but one thing I really enjoy about Bo Nix, especially when you've got speedsters like like Will Hastings and, and like Anthony Schwartz when he gets healthy. And uh, like we saw it on the flea flicker you mentioned with Eli Stowe. 
you know, there are some quarterbacks who can throw the ball 50, 60 yards down the field, and, and you watch them, you know, step into the throw and jump into it. And then there are some quarterbacks. Brett Favre comes to mind. Uh, Aaron Rodgers comes to mind. Uh, Pat Mahomes in the NFL comes to mind where they just move their arm and the ball takes off like a rocket. And it's kind of nice to watch that Bo Nix has that throwing motion. Uh, because on that flea flicker, it didn't seem like he put anything behind that ball. Uh, and yet it's flying 40 yards down the field to a wide open in stride, Eli. So uh, yeah. you know, that was really nice to watch. Um, but, man, more than our receiving core, I I made a note of this when I was watching the game. And then I had to edit the note. And then I had to edit the note again. Because I don't remember the last time Auburn threw the ball to a tight end. And we threw it three times in one possession to J.J. Wilson. Man, that pumped me up. So we allowed 321 yards against Kent State. Uh, not the greatest. Uh, our our goal, I heard from our defense, was to have only zero points. You know, keep them to a shutout. And, of course, they ended up getting 16 points. Um, they, they There was a lot of action. I don't know if you noticed, but, like, there was a lot of movement that Kent State would do pre-snap. And uh, despite all of that, I don't think it really threw off our defense all that much. Uh, they pretty much just, you know, stuck to what their plan was and let, you know, the the offense run around and change up. It looked like they're changing up the play. Um, what did you think of our defense? And I guess overall also, what do you think our defense and how they're developing into, I mean, it seems like one of the top 10, if not top five defenses in the nation. Yeah, they're, uh, now this is something that, that I needed to see our defense do uh, that I didn't see do, and that's start fast. Um, you know, game grades for our defense for Oregon uh, for last week, for Kent State this week, you know, overall our defense does great, but it takes them a while to get there. And and I don't know if it's, you know, pregame preparation with Kevin Steele on the defense. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, our defensive players just not getting in the mindset or, or what it is, but the first three games of the season, it looks like our defense is getting pushed around for the first quarter and a half. And then once yeah. we lock in, I mean, nobody's moving on us. You know, Oregon yeah. shut down in the third quarter. Uh, you know, Tulane last week quit being able to move the ball uh, sometime midway through the second quarter. Uh, and then the same thing with Kent State this week. You know, end of the first quarter, they really didn't move the ball again until we had our second and third string defense in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, it, you know, watching Kent State convert four third downs on the first possession and march down the field and, and get points on the board – you know, expecting a shutout is probably asking too much. But I do expect, you know, to at least come out and then force a punt on the first possession or second possession. And we haven't seen that yet. Uh, you know, we're giving up huge plays. You know, the, the Oregon game, every single one of their scores came after a play of 30-plus yards or more. Um, yeah. You know, I, I do need to – and I still need to see it. I haven't seen it yet. I need to see our defense step up uh, at the beginning of the game. Uh, you know, don't make our, play, our offense play out of a hole. Um, and I'm hoping we see that against Texas A&M next week, uh, but I definitely didn't see it this week. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, that we, we seem to, at the beginning of the game, take some time to really, I don't know if it's a mindset thing, a planning thing, but it takes a while for our defense to start to shut down teams. Um, and I want to see that happen earlier. Um, and, and once that does happen, there's going to be a few teams that, uh, on offense can make those adjustments to uh, move the ball down the field against our defense. Um, so we had some, some great sacks, uh, Tyrone Truesdale, 
uh, Marlon Davidson, Big Cat Bryant, uh, got some sacks and that uh, always good to see those guys. Um, Tyrone Truzel and uh, I think it, it, he pretty much stood in there for Derek Brown while he was um, out. I don't know if it's officially he's actually injured or I've heard there's, you know, he just had like a really bad cold or something. I don't know. Um, it, it could be a whole bunch of different things, um, but there wasn't any brace. He didn't seem to be hurting anywhere. Um, so I'm hopeful that he can make it back um, into a you know play against Texas A&M. Um, we also even had Derek Hall. Um, he was a he's a defensive end, buck position, uh, and uh, yeah, I remember he had a great tackle from behind, uh, just showing like a true effort of like. Uh, he's not getting a lot of the snaps, but uh, he's wanting to prove himself out there. Uh, and then uh, let's talk about uh, DBs. Uh, so Jeremiah Denson, uh, he he was able to read a trick play, which is really awesome. He saw it coming, and he was like, "Ah, no, I'm, I've seen this before." And uh, he was he went right to the guy, um, and they pretty much shut down the trick play. So that was really great. Uh, Christian Tut. Uh, he uh, beat a guy on a long pass uh, or he got beat on a long pass. Sorry about that. Uh, and that was the big touchdown pass that uh, Kent state had. And that, that was a little bit disappointing. Um, I felt like we shouldn't allow those kind of big plays, uh, especially against the Kent state where we are out talenting them. I guess out talenting is a word. We're going to make it a word. Um, and uh, he seemed to be, he had a, another pass interference, not one of the greatest games for him uh, this game. Uh, I did see a standout with Roger McCreary. Um, he seemed to be in there for a lot of plays. Um, he broke up a touchdown uh, pass, um, and then he almost got an interception uh, from our our man. Do you remember Woody Barrett? Um, oh, I remember we, Woody Barrett. Yeah, and he almost got an interception on Woody Barrett. It didn't end up happening, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um what did you think of our, our safeties and DBs and how they played this game? I feel like they played this game. You know, it's hard to say. You, you don't want to, you know, talk small or talk bad about an opponent. But with an opponent like Kent State, you can make some mistakes and still be okay. Yeah. Uh, but I have seen our, our cornerbacks and safeties get burned a lot this year, have some blown coverages a lot this yeah. year. Um, you know, one thing, our Auburn defense, we're stuffing the run. We're shutting things down inside. Short passes aren't working. We're crushing guys over the middle, making great open field tackles. But we are giving up chunk plays uh, a lot. Um, and, you know, it's early in the season. You know, I, I think we're okay with it. But uh, one thing that I am a little worried of when we get to those opponents, you know, that, that sling the ball a lot, that look for those mistakes in coverage, you, you know, your Georgias, your Alabamas, your LSU, who suddenly became a passing school again this year. I'm not sure <laughs> what's going nowhere. on. <laughs> out of nowhere but when you look at teams like this uh that you know are just as big just as physical as auburn you know they're just as as uh conditioned as auburn you know they're just as deep talent wise as auburn uh you know but have a, a bigger skill set than some of the other teams we're playing you know it is a little worrisome like i see good things in our defense um but at the same time you know it is it is cause for concern, and and I feel weird, you know, saying that Auburn, who, you know, has a consensus uh, consensus top ten defense in the nation right now, saying that I'm more worried about the defense than the offense. But it's the truth, you know. How many big plays are we going to give up this year before our our DBs turn their heads? Uh, how many 
big plays are we going to have to give up before they stop trying to go for the interception and go for the tackle? You know, because uh, I saw it three different times this game where our DBs tried to undercut a ball and go for the interception and ended up turning, you know, what would have been a five to ten yard play into a thirty to forty yard play. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see your concern. Um, and we saw it early on against Oregon. There were some uh, miscommunications with the secondary that left guys wide open. And with uh, with guy with quarterbacks that are smart, they'll find the wide open guy. And uh, we we know that we're going to face some really smart guys. I mean, you're already going to face Jake Fromm and Tua that are probably two of the top uh, quarterbacks in the nation uh, that we're about to play. Uh, and if what it'll be in a couple months now, uh, so there's time to improve. But uh, Texas A&M, I mean, they're not. Uh, Kellen Mond's gotten a lot better. Um, it seems like with this passing game over the past few years. And I think he's he's going to try to test our secondary a good bit. Um, let's jump over to special teams real quick um, and finish this uh, discussion up with Kent State. Um, what did you see out of our special teams? Uh, it's been a little bit of an issue of the past couple games, uh, punt coverage, that kind of issue. Um, did you see what you needed to – uh, out of this special teams to make you feel a little bit better? Uh, well, you know, the best way to have great punt return coverage is to never have to punt the ball. So <laughs> in that in that sense, I saw exactly what I needed to. Yeah. Uh, but in a, you know, in a more specific sense, I, I have not because we, just because we didn't punt. You know, we didn't get to see our coverage come into play. And when you got, you know, guys, um, I can't remember the kid's name, but, you know, for the past few years, Texas A&M has had this, Christian Kirk, you know, the small, speedy guy that uh, just has insane top speed but acceleration. And now they've got a freshman who honestly is faster than Christian Kirk, um, you know, who may come in and, and play return. Uh, I I don't know. I was thrilled with our special teams. We converted when we needed to. We got points on the board. Uh, we didn't have any returns on kickoffs. We didn't give them an option to return any punts. Um, yep. So I, I feel like this one was just kind of, our our special teams almost had a bye week here. Yeah, almost. And uh, we even tried something I noticed on kickoff. We did a squib kick, um, and I thought that was very interesting. Uh, we hadn't tried that before, uh, and that ended up being a pretty great thing. Uh, the punt or the kickoff was only returned to the sixteen, so maybe we'll use that a little bit down the road as a little bit of something different uh, instead of just you know what we've been doing, which is booming it to the end of the you know back of the end zone uh, with Anders Carlson. Um, and we even got to see the backup kicker, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so, I mean, this is one of the games. If we're going to use a backup kicker, this is the game to do it, um, where we're up by a few touchdowns. Uh, we also had a punt return. I saw that Javaris just – and uh, he got – he must have just fair caught it and started running with it, which I, I thought that was actually a penalty. But because uh, once you fair catch it, maybe that's an NFL role. Maybe I'm getting them mixed up. Um, but then he started jawing off at one of the Kent State guys, and uh, both of them got called for personal fouls, which I thought was just uncalled for and unacceptable. Uh, so it, I don't know why he was doing that. We're already up. Why are you jawing off at a guy? Um, but, you know, that, that's that's kind of uh, frustrating to see. Um, Tristan, uh, before you go, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about uh, with Auburn or maybe just observations? Uh, now that uh, you've kind of uh, got to see three games of it. Well, you know, now that we've 
we've gotten through these three games, um, specifically into this Kent State one. It was one something that I, I mentioned very briefly earlier, but um, you know, just seeing our run game step it up was, you know, yes, I'm still worried about our special teams punt and kickoff coverage. Yes, I'm still worried about our offensive line. Yes, I'm still worried about our defense. Um, strangely enough. But, you know, looking back at the last two times that Auburn has gone to the national championship, in 2010, we averaged 21 passes per game. In 2013, we averaged 21 passes per game. Watching our team go from throwing the ball 30-plus times against Oregon and 30-plus times against Tulane to throwing the ball less than 20 times, uh, it just makes me think that we're on the right track to where we need to be this year. Um, so I'm I really excited. You know, overall, I, I came out of the Kent State game very happy, um, you know, excited about what's to come. Actually, you know, being outside of the the college football bias bubble that is the Southeast and uh, being here in the, the Southwest in Texas. Nice. I like it. That's a pretty uh, it's pretty barner of you. And I appreciate that. I'm glad uh, <laughs> since Ben King isn't on here. Uh, that you're you're living up to the standard of barning. Before we go, do you want to give uh, people how they can stay in contact with you? Absolutely, y'all. Things haven't changed much. You can still find me on uh, on Instagram and Twitter at tmad34. Unless uh, you have a concern, or unless my prediction for our game's upcoming weekend is incorrect, then you can find me on Twitter at ben king b e n k one n g. Send all of your complaints. Uh, ask me how the universe operates, all that stuff. I, I love answering questions like that on my Twitter <laughs> account. And uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?